Who knew in the moment? The premise of the show is that as you're living your life, very rarely do you realize the magnitude of a moment while it's happening. However, in hindsight, we can see all of the pivotal moments that led to where we're at. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I'm honored to have Sherry Fernandez with me. Sherry is a New York Times bestselling author of the book called Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential, and she also does coaching and mentoring. And one of the things that I think stands out about Sherry's story, and you're going to hear it as we talk today, is regardless of the way you were raised or things that happened in your early days, it doesn't have to dictate where you're at, where you end up. So Sherry, thanks so much for being on today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be looking forward to this. Yes. So to kick off your story um, at seven years old, your, your parents got a divorce and, you know, I think, gosh, you know, how, how impactful, you know, a seven-year-old timeframe that is. So talk a little bit about that piece and how that impacted you in your life. Well, it sounds so common, you know, like our, lots of kids get, their parents get divorced, but 1963, it wasn't very common. And my mom moved us to a small town and uh, I was the oldest of four girls. I'm only seven. So we were just, you know, just little kids. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting, you know, that a lot of the things happened. Uh, she moves us to this tall, small town. We don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. Um, I have some cousins there, but we don't really see them. And uh, she's preoccupied with her life. And my mom's she loved us, but her parenting style was pretty hands-off, you know? Yeah. Here's breakfast, see you at dinner kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So this little town, um, in this little town in Utah, I just, and we're, and we're just pretty not, I didn't, it went over my head, but we didn't have anything. Yeah. Uh, I remember a lady making us clothes, for example, and, and sort of people doing some things for us and, and no doubt not, um, a pretty divorced woman in that era, you know, small town, yeah. conservative town. You can imagine that, but I, it went over my head and I just yeah. wandered around that little town. I was, I wandered and I thought, and I saw the movie theater and I thought, I wonder it'd be like to go to the movies. And so I'm like eight years old and I go to, for a quarter, <laughs> that dates me a little bit. I could go to see two movies in the car. I'm gone. All, that's half a day event, right? Two movies yeah. and cartoons. And I just figured out how to go to the movie by myself yeah. and went to the movies and I wandered to the city park and. Same thing with a swimming pool, and I, I couldn't swim, but I would jump off the high dive. I said, what's that like? You know, I jump off the high dive and dog paddle to the side, and I just figured these things out. But yeah. while I was there, just wondering, how does that work? Mm. I signed up for a, a um, talent show in the park, and they were mostly all adults. I did talk a friend into doing that with me, and, and my mom doesn't even know I'm doing these things, right? <laughs> but I, as I'm wandering around, two things happen. I just, how does the world work? I'm, how does this work? How can I do this? This looks interesting. And I would just do it by myself. Yeah. It didn't even occur to me that I should go find somebody. I just wow. thought, um, how does that work? And the other thing is, as I wandered and thought, because there's a lot of walking all this all yeah. around all this town and walk to the store to buy penny candy, all these <laughs> things. Um, I thought, I, I got the idea in my mind that I was somebody special. I think, I think I've got some great thing to do. I'm just, yeah. I'm somebody special. And you could, my mom remarried and she married an alcoholic. And you might mm -hmm. think about who, who marries a woman with four little girls, right? So this mm -hmm. is not a really good situation, but the yeah. divorce, while it did affect me in the fact that I thought somehow I should put my family back together. This is my job. Children do that, right? Yeah. So there were some negative sides like that. What can mm -hmm. I do to put my family back together? But, and then we had the abusive, um, stepfather 
It wasn't as bad as it could have been, but bad enough for a little girl. It all just went by me because I'm busy wondering about things and also thinking about what, I don't know, I'm going to do something great, but I don't know what it is. I have no idea what great even meant. Yeah. I just knew I was somebody special and that I was, I don't know, going to be something great, do something really great. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So I, I, I love that. Now, you know, as I think about that, oftentimes, you know, people say, you know, I had belief instilled in me from a parent, a teacher, uh, you know, a friend's parent, something like that. Where did this idea of I just believe I have something great, you know, come from? Was it in a movie? Like, where did that come from for you? at the crossroads and there really was nobody at the crossroads for mm, me. Yeah. And so there just wasn't anybody to be available. I did have some aunts and cousins there, but they were not there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I know that my dad, when I was born, thought that, you know, I hung the moon, but that didn't last very long. <laughs> I had three siblings. So yeah. I don't really know where it came from, but it did come back to me, even though my parents did get divorced their current spouses and marry each other and made some stability for some years. Yeah. But then after my late, after high school, I really went south. You know, yeah. I, I, um, I did still have that thing about one. We're living in. I don't know anybody again. It's a bigger city than I've ever lived in. It wasn't huge, but bigger. And I figured out how to. I'm 18. I graduated early, so I graduated at 17. I was 18. And I figured out how I bought that. I rented a house. I got a job. I signed up for school. I figured out how all these things work. But what I didn't do is I had no disciplines. I didn't mm. know how to spend money, mm. how to use my money, how to pay my bills, how to get myself to go to school regularly, how to do the work. Yeah. And uh, and still like to part, party yeah. a little bit. So I had no disciplines. That was yeah. my problem. I still thought I was going to do some great things. I think I think I still thought that, but I wasn't looking good. And then I got pregnant. Yes. And uh, so I had a baby at, just before I turned twenty, <clears throat> and so it didn't look good. And then I had never planned to have children or have, be married, hmm. but now I'm thinking differently because now I have some need some stability. Yeah. <laughs> so I get married, but we are so poor when we just have nothing, you know, we both of us had been hippies and partied around and traveled around and hitchhiked around. And, you know, my husband traveled in the, the, the van, the classic cross the country in the van yeah. thing. So we get married and we have just nothing. And as we get kind of got settled in, I thought I quit drinking. That was really good. So I had a bit of a drinking problem. Yeah. And so I quit drinking. He did too. And we said, okay, now what? That real feeling really came back that really, I want some great things out of life. And I, I feel like I can get them. Yeah. But what do, how do I do it? Yep. So I just went to town trying to figure out the same, that same thing about how is it done? How is it done? And I just read the lots of books and I thought that you don't really get the answers in the motivational books, you know, Yeah. <laughs> they, well, they motivate you, but they don't really tell you how to do it. So I had yeah. to figure that part out myself. And I'm really <laughs> proud of my book. That's one thing that even though I think it's maybe a little bit hard to, follow unless he really wants to do it. I did have some how-tos in my book, which I always mm. wished I could have found yeah. in all the reading and the listening to audios and all the things that I did to try to figure out the key to success. 
Yeah. I do provide that. And I'm really, and for my clients, I provide that uh, hands-on. Here's how you can develop disciplines. And now my friends are always so surprised to find I was so disciplined because my hallmark of my personality is discipline. Yeah. So I want to rewind a little bit in the story and just understand, you know, how, how this transition happens for you. So you, you're kind of talking, hey, I didn't think I'd ever want kids. I didn't think I'd ever want to be married. Did a lot of that stem from the household that you saw and oh, yeah. you're saying, gosh, I don't ever want to have to go through this. Talk a little <laughs> bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because I told you, I felt like I need to hold my family together. Yeah. So I'm the oldest of these four kids. My mom has another baby with the new guy. And uh, so now there's these, I mean, there's a lot, we're really close together. We have four girls in five and a half, mm. six, in six and a half years, something like that. And so they're little and I'm, my mom, she loved us, but she didn't have skills at all. Yeah. yeah. And without a man to root her, she was, um, I was left alone with the kids a lot. Yeah. So when they got back together again, I thought, good, I'm off the books <laughs> i'm yeah. done helping it's all i'm not doing that anymore and so the idea of having children now and i didn't like babysitting i didn't really like children particularly yeah um i i still like them i mean i like children as a concept i just really like to be with them and yeah. i ended up with six you know so, yeah um and i really would not have had any but i not had that first one and i yeah. i was going to have an abortion they would just become legal just the year wow. before and i chose not to do that I don't, I don't even chose. I just didn't, I don't even yeah. know how I didn't do that. Thank God I didn't do that. Yeah. And then I was going to give this baby up for adoption. So I, didn't, I didn't feel anything maternal, not a thing. Yeah. And then I had this kind of experience, this kind of epiphany, if you will, that I needed to keep that baby. I'm like, serious? <laughs> I don't even know what to do with the baby. Yeah. But, you know, this is the old story. They put that baby in your arms and it, that was all she wrote. You know, I was like, yeah. and, and, and so and then we, when we got married, my husband really likes children and loved having little kids. And so we just, I don't know, like, we're just crazy, I guess. We live with five more kids. <laughs> yeah. So as you mentioned, you know, hey, we, we don't have much. We don't really have anything. Um, but we, we have this dream and idea that by 40, I want to be a millionaire. And that becomes yeah. kind of this goal and, you know, this uh, object, if you will, that we're trying to attain. So Talk about, you know, what that looks like for a couple and having a similar goal and really being focused on accomplishing something like that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it was a joint effort for sure. My yeah. husband, and I don't even know if I realized that when I married him, but he had similar dreams and he didn't want to do things the way his dad had worked for the post office, retired. His parents could not figure out why we wouldn't, he wouldn't just go get a job like that so we would have security for life but yeah he was the same that was not appealing i didn't want that for him either because you're not going to get the kind of things i wanted out of life mm. working at the post office right yeah and uh, so we worked together it was both of us and he was always thinking trying to come up with an idea we started a couple of businesses that failed before we started the business that was our our golden goose so to speak um we just we were just together thinking and we were tight um, we really like each other. Still, really like we've been married 45 years in uh, December. Um, we still find uh, romance, and you know, it's a, it's a we've had a warm, close, sexy, loving relationship. So we we work good together. Yeah. And so we're we're trying to do practice living some good skills. Like we wanted the spiritual goals, and we wanted the physical goals, and we wanted the 
the the obviously the financial goals it wasn't just about the money it was about yeah. becoming certain kinds of people we were working at becoming certain kinds of people yes and we had we'd had no education we'd had no training in how to live successfully yeah live the kind of life we wanted so we just together we just thought and worked and prayed and and at 40 my husband was 41 we did we were worth a million dollars that was when all our problems were solved yeah right right (laughs) and but that was the beginning and but from to think that at 25 when we are working he's working two jobs and i'm doing daycare and we're still not making it yeah and we're living in the stump of the house at 24 and 25 to, to say okay we're going to be we're going to we don't know how yeah. and we're just going to figure out how to do this but at 40 um we're going to have and and kim was actually 41 i was 40 when we felt like we hit that milestone when yeah. our va- our value was worth a million dollars yes anyway now, that's, and then that, after that we just grew from there yep now uh, you know earlier you mentioned gosh growing up i was so independent and i was so you know just kind of doing my own thing and you know my mom She'd just have me watch kids. So you're a very independent person. I think a lot of times that can be a tough transition for people into a relationship or, you know, into marriages. Uh, you know, they're so independent that they feel like I don't need somebody else, but I might want them. Right. And that's <laughs> it. Right. And that's, a, that's yeah, a exactly tough thing it for people to uh, transition into. Obviously, you've been able to make it 45 years, so you, you figured something out about enjoying the uh, companionship of another person. But talk a little bit about that for you, going from really being very independent, kind of just your own person, to now being in this dynamic of, crap, there's someone else that I have to care about, and that cares about me, too. That is very insightful of you. And nobody's asked me that question, and it, even in personal, my personal life. But really, that is a, that's the deal, and I, I am just amazed myself. Yeah. Because I um, <laughs> tell on myself a little bit <laughs> when I did have like a boyfriend, I wasn't very, I wouldn't say faithful. <laughs> I yeah. had a lot of boyfriends. Yeah. And, uh, so to me, and I, and I didn't think I would settle. I thought it would, it wouldn't, monogamy might be difficult for me and, yeah. I, and, it, and my independence. But I marvel all the time that I can spend. I remember uh, going on a trip. Um, Maybe we were around that 40 year mark yeah. and we're together like day and night. This is a cruise. So we're like together day and night. We fly. I mean, day and night, we're just together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, and I didn't even notice in where I, I don't, I would get all my life. I'd be bored quickly with somebody. I'd be mm. like a few hours and I'm good. I want to go. I don't care how good the friend was. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Yeah. You know, do something different, but I can be with that man 24 seven and, and just, it doesn't even, um, I don't know why I've, I've marveled myself and I can't explain it, but I can yeah. just be with him all the time. And it's just easy. And that's one of the things that attracted to me to him in the first place is it just seemed like we could go do, and he likes to do things, but we could just go do things. And it was just easy to be yeah. together. And it's always been, people talk about ups and downs in marriages. And, you know, we say all the time to each other, we, I'm not saying that everything was always perfect. Right. That would be a lot. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying we never had a difficulty, but we never had like we almost didn't make it here or nothing. I mean, we were, we were once we made that decision, we were solid and have been. Yes, that's so good. So- 
I'm as amazed as you are. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't saying I was amazed. I just could understand that that would probably be a pretty difficult thing to make that transition. So I love it. Yeah, I thought it would be. And it was, and I suppose there was a little bit of transition, but for some reason it just, I don't know if there's another person on the earth I could have done that with, but yeah. But he's really a remarkable person too. Yeah. Well, I think one of the um, other points, just as you were kind of talking, that is interesting is, you know, so much of who we become starts with what we've seen growing up, right? And it's always amazing and fascinating how two people can come from the same household and end up on completely different life paths, right? And one says, well, it's because I didn't have a mom that was home. And all of a sudden, I turned to chemicals or drugs, you know, to be dependent on and I needed that. The other person says, well, mom wasn't home, so I had to figure out my life. And so they become CEO of a company. And you say, how in the heck is it possible that you came (laughs) from the same household and yet you have the completely different lives? Well, the other part is sometimes people say, well, I didn't come from much. So that's what I'll always have. Right. That's just who I'm destined to be is have the same thing. And your mindset was not that it was, hey, maybe I didn't have all these things growing up, but I can get them. So just talk a little bit about, you know, for someone listening that says, Hey, I, you know, I wasn't exposed to much as a child or, you know, in my life, we haven't really had much. So I've never pursued a career. I've never really been ambitious. Um, talk about how, even though you didn't necessarily have that growing up, you can still attain that if you want to. It's really about, you know, everybody, like you said, across the, the board, people, people destroy themselves, don't become much when they come from money or become from poverty. Or they make something in themselves regardless of where they come from. It is really, I don't have very much patience with that, that (laughs) thinking because, and it's not because, it's because it's who we decide to be. We do the work. I've seen that. What you're talking about in my own family, my my siblings, Mm. um, I went to work and worked on me. Mm. And what can I be? How can I be better? And I'm still very driven to see how good can I be? Yeah. How, how fit can I be? How, um, Discipline can I be not in it? I don't not. I don't think it's in a manic way, but yeah. it's in a healthy way. Uh, yeah. But I'm seeing well, what can I do next? What can I do next? And that's the person who's going to find achievement. You have to develop the disciplines. And I really feel like I mean, there's some people have such trauma, obviously, mm. that it's hard to get around it. Yep. But you, if you don't like how you were you were raised, you if you like yourself, you're going to like you're going to not blame your past if you don't yeah. like yourself you got work to do it's kind of that simple yeah that's really good now what would be you know a step or two uh, to your point earlier a tangible item someone could take from this to start that work um, I think oftentimes people don't want to start the work because they don't want to have to face certain truths right or certain yeah. things they've buried deep down but what would be you know uh, a tangible thing for somebody to start that I'm, so I obviously do do mentoring and coaching, yeah. and I don't. When I always say this, I don't do I don't do counseling. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to start right here and yeah. start developing some disciplines. So that's my my main my first thing. Once I figure out where somebody wants to go, mm. uh, we start working on just daily disciplines because that's really the, at the end of the day, that's what's going to make you successful. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that of all the people I worked with, they usually choose their disciplines out of a of a off of a, a handful, out of a handful of items. They mm-hmm. want maybe work out, maybe meditate, maybe pray, read. It's yeah. just those kind of things. But you start building those disciplines. And while it doesn't sound like it's a direct route to financial success, but it is. Mm-hmm. Who you're becoming and the disciplines you employ in yourself in all areas of life, not just in business, 
Yeah. One of my frustrations was with, when I was trying to find out the key to success, they were all aimed towards business and money. Mm. And, but that's not enough. I mean, you have to have the other things in line too. And yeah. so when I work with people, we're, we're working on daily disciplines and we're not worrying about the junk. I mean, not that it doesn't come up. Yep. We might have to talk through some things. And then we can say, well, why am I letting that affect me? And, but we're moving forward because nobody had a perfect childhood. Right. All of us could look back in our childhood and say, oh, I was traumatized here. I was traumatized there. And they're to varying degrees. Or we can choose. I had a funny experience. So the stepfather was not funny. I'm just <laughs> funny. But <laughs> I, the stepfather was sexually molested me. So it didn't. It was just a thing that happened to me. It didn't really yeah. think much about it. But it was before we were all talking about it right yeah so it was just this thing i didn't it wasn't real traumatic but it was traumatic enough it was just the thing it didn't really affect me so about 14 and my i'm in mean, a bratty 14 year old and my mom said my parents are together we, things are pretty stable mm. and she said you're just mad to me because of what max did and i was wow. like that never even crossed my mind wow. it never even occurred to me to be mad about anybody it was just a thing. Now that happened pretty naturally for me. Yeah. But if we could get more in a mindset of it was just a thing. It isn't me. I'm mm. not this event. This is just a thing that happened to me. And again, I, it came to me naturally. And I want to, I know some of it can be very traumatic. Yeah. But also, and this is going to be a very unpopular statement, but I think we, sometimes we over sympathize or over molly mm. coddle. I mean, it just happened, and somebody then what this thing happened. The Me Too movement really bugged me because anybody got groped in an elevator, all of a sudden was traumatized, right? Yeah. We don't have to choose. We can we can we can often just choose whether we want to be traumatized or just move past it. And yeah. I love um, Carolyn Leaf. Do you know who Dr. Yeah. Carolyn Leaf is? Yeah. I love her. She's like like anxiety and depression. You're not a person with anxiety and depression. You're just you're not. A depressed person you're a person with depression mm. you're not an abused person you're a person who was abused and it's, not, yeah. it's different when you see it that way you're much less likely to let it affect you but i think too often it's an excuse yeah. to not do the work because it is work it's also a joint working on yourself yeah. it's also where happiness comes from yeah so everybody I, go ahead everybody knows that when you're stuck you're de you're depressed it's depressing to be stuck so to speak yeah. i'm not moving forward but the opposite is true. You want to be happier, go to work, yeah. move forward, move, yeah. start moving towards that. And it's just the journey. It's the first step forward, the joy comes. And yeah. the more you move forward, the more joyful it is. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to stop feeling sorry for yourself and go to work. Kind of person. <laughs> no, I, I think there, there's a lot of value to that. And once again, we don't want, you know, uh, bring anyone's situation down, right? Uh, you don't ever want to do that. I, I, we can all empathize and sympathize, but I think one thing that has been impactful in my life is oftentimes people will say, this happened, you should feel this way. Right. Mm -hmm. And just because something happened doesn't mean I should feel that way. I get to choose how I react to the situation right now. Would you say that's a normal reaction? Yes, absolutely. You can say that's a normal reaction, but I still chose to react one way, right? And I think the important part is to work through it. Don't bury it, right? Uh, we see that all too often, right? Is something em emotional or traumatizing happens, people bury it, and then it's just going to resurface bigger and worse in a year, six months, 10 years, whatever it is. But if you can truly work through it, but you can have the reaction that you want to have, not 
the emotional response that just happens off the cuff, I think that can be very impactful for you. No, that's exactly true. That's exactly how it, how, how it works. I'm not saying things didn't come up for me over yep. the years. I just thought once something just recently, not too long ago, where I, I, it's part of the journey though. You're yeah. like, why is this again? Wonder, <laughs> I'm wondering, why do I have this chronic ache in my neck at certain times? And then I don't at certain times. Yeah. Well, through some of the work I was doing at that time with some, some meditation and some thinking and how was I thinking? I observed that. Remember I told you when I was a, a girl, I tried to hold my family together. Yeah. I'm, we're all in our 60s for crying out loud. I'm still trying. And I said, that's when I get that, that pain in my neck is when I'm trying to hold mm. this family together. And when yeah. I let go of that, and some, to a lesser just get my own family, but they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. But my a sibling going, going AWOL and I'm like, how can we hold all this in? And then I get that pain in my neck. And I was like, oh. So it was actually kind of a, it wasn't like a big deal. It's like, oh, yeah. isn't that interesting? And that's another approach rather than, oh my goodness, you know, well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Is a much better approach. That's interesting. I wonder what else, if my brain does this, I wonder what else my brain can do. Mm. I wonder what good things, if it causes this and says, Sherry, there's some things that need to be dealt with here. Oh, look, there it is. Yep. Oh, well, I wonder if I could find, harness that same power that creates this pain in my neck for something good. Wouldn't that be interesting? So you can you can take these things and 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 interpret them differently. Yeah. What an interesting thing. When and when else is going on in there? <laughs> yes, that's good. So as we're progressing through your story, at some point you decide, hey, you know what? I want to write this book. And writing a book is not easy, and it's certainly not easy to become a New York Times bestselling book. So talk a little bit about the beginning, the creation of the book, and then um, the launching of it. Uh, first of all, I need to say this. It was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. So Wall I, would Street like Journal. Okay. <laughs> I would love to do that, but I have not done that yet, but I'm working on that. Yeah. That's why we're having this interview. One reason why it's like, get that book to sell. Um, it was interesting. I, I've been speaking and teaching. When you, I started, people would observe that the progress I was making. Then I was getting asked, well, can you teach some things here? Can you mm -hmm. teach some things there? So that evolved into being asked to speak in, and teach some classes, speak here. Yeah. Again, I have no education, no formal education, right? It's all self-taught, but um, there was a demand for the things that I knew. So I did this for, for a few decades, and then I opened my fitness business. And I, when I did that, I did that because I wanted a platform to teach the things I knew. Mm -hmm. So here's how, you know, we're doing the fitness thing, which was big. Yeah. And then for those people who were ready to grow, they could do the, what we call fit life. Okay. So I began coaching people one-on-one. -on -one. That's why I started one-on-one. -on -one. Up to then, I was just teaching classes and speaking to groups, a little yeah. bit of one-on-one, -on -one, but not formal. Yeah. Um, so now I'm doing that. I, I sell, I uh, sell fit mania and I rebrand it to, to sherryfernands.com. That's what I branded to. And I was doing a workshop. This is so interesting. It was in February, 2020. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a workshop. And I had so many often when I would speak, people say, you should write a book. I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. I'm not a writer. I'm a speaker. If I can't do it with my mouth and my brain, I can't do it. And I didn't even say that very thing. And so at this workshop, there's a couple of people who I respect, educators in our community. They were a couple. They were there. And they said, Sherry, you really, you really should write a book. And I, I thought, I don't know. You know, so I told Ken and um, he said, you really should write this, write this book. I mean, you, you know, you do this. I was feeling like I wasn't reaching enough people. I've been used to reaching large audiences. Now I'm just and this handful of people that I'm mentoring. Yeah. And I, and then I also had this coach who said, 
you know, yeah, write a book. Anyway, so I thought, all right, well, how do you do that? Well, maybe if I write it like I talk, mm. pretend I'm giving it a talk, and then what would I say? Yeah. And so I just, so I, I just felt, I did feel actually just inspired. All these things just came together. I thought, I really need to do that. Well, then the world shut down. So I've yeah. already got this kind of going, you know, and so yeah. it was, it was really great, but it, it came very easy and fast because I just put on the paper what I knew. I had moments where I driven to my knees and it's like, ah, I'm stuck. Mm. But a lot of times I was just, it just flowed out of me. I've been teaching it for so many years. I told the same story. I'm often coaching somebody say, I don't know if I told the story in the book, <laughs> but here's the story. Cause yeah. I don't even, you know, just, it was just the things I do, the things I teach, the things I tell. Yeah. And so I'm not a writer. I don't try to go around. I've written a book, which is different than being a writer. Right. So yes. um, I wrote a book and there's good information and, and I think it's pretty readable. Uh, I get the good feedback as I tell my own story along the way. But anyway, that's how that happened. But it yeah. was so grateful. But I really, it did just flow out of me. And it was not a very long process, actually writing the book. I think yeah. it should have been harder. <laughs> I'm embarrassed it wasn't harder. <laughs> no. Now, I think one of the most important things that I consistently hearing you talking about is how the, the focus wasn't on what Sherry gets out of it, right? The focus uh, is on who I can help or, you know, what takeaways can someone go implement in their own life? So talk about, you know, anything you're doing in life, you know, understanding there's going to be a positive impact that comes from me, but my motivation behind it was others. Yeah, absolutely. That's really the only way you can make a difference. If it's about you, I learned that really early on. I was doing that teaching, if I thought I'd go in and be real clever, <laughs> I was going to really wow them. It just fell flat, you know? Yeah. I learned really early that the only way you you be successful is to, and the only way that it's satisfying is about other people. At this point, when I'm 67 years old. I don't want for anything. Um, I'm still working on myself. Of course, I've still got books to yeah. read and things to learn. But I don't, I don't need adulation. What I need is to get this information into the hands of people. Yeah. And I'm running out of time because I'm not getting any younger. So I'm like, I've got a limited amount of time to make as much difference as I can. Yeah. And that really, and very sincerely, um, I mean, sometimes I think, oh, man, I should just give it up and go on another vacation. <laughs> but I really have this need to share what I've learned. I think that's a natural progression. Yeah. You, you learn something, you teach it. You find success in it. Let's not miss that yeah. one. Yeah. A lot of people out there doing mentoring and coaching, they're like, they've not done it, right? Right. I think if you're going to get a coach, make sure that they're where you want to be, yep. that they've already found success in all the areas you want to be successful in, which takes time. If you're 25, you haven't done it. Yeah. <laughs> right? You can't do it that quick. So anyway, I feel like I have a lot of lot to offer uh, all the things I'm still learning. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot to offer and I'm still trying to find a way to get it out there. Yes. Now on multiple occasions today, you've talked about creating habits, creating disciplines. And I think for a lot of people, there's probably two reasons that disciplines and habits are tough to create. One, they can be hard, right? <laughs> right? It's difficult to create a yeah. habit uh, and stick to it. Uh, but two is they don't necessarily understand what being disciplined will get them at a future date, right? Um, you know, I was listening to a Simon Sinek conversation the other day and he goes, if you go to the gym today and you come back home, you're, you're not going to notice anything. And if you go to the gym tomorrow and you come back home and look at yourself, you're not going to notice anything either. And if you did that for two weeks in a row, you would probably still not notice anything. Right. And so sometimes these disciplines and these habits, although they're good, they take time to reap the benefit of the discipline mm -hmm. and the habit 
And we also don't recognize that if I can be disciplined and habited in this area of my life, it might trickle down to some of these other areas of my life. So talk a little bit about that, um, just in your experience, but also in your coaching. Yeah, uh, to uh, back up a little, uh, totally what you say is totally absolutely true. Um, I I often say this, and I think it's I think we got to give the nod to people who make New Year's resolutions. I think they they mean it. I don't think that they're like oh just can't get their act together. They yeah. don't have the tools and the vision to do yeah. it. One of the keys is to do like you said. It, it, it's and by the way, the don't donut a day thing's the same deal, right? You don't you need a donut today and you don't notice it. Eat them one tomorrow, you still notice it, but do that for a year. You know, the opposite is true. Not doing these disciplines is not going to get you where you want to go. So one thing I just like to say, you have to have a system. And that's what I teach is some systems. Track your daily habits. And it it does feel good. You won't notice the physical difference Mm. right up, like you said. But there is some satisfaction. I had a client yesterday, and she had almost a perfect week of the disciplines that she chose, daily discipline she picked. She had almost a perfect week. And I said, well, my thinking was, why have an almost perfect week? So I challenge you to have a perfect week because I know for my clients, when they have a perfect week, they're, they're stoked. They mm-hmm. come in, they are ready, they're willing to rock the world. So there is a, an immediate blessing. It's not in the one that you're, that you're thinking, like yeah. all of a sudden I've got big muscles and a flat belly, yeah. you know, but there is some happiness that comes in doing it every day. So there is that benefit. Yeah. And but it does take work, but nobody at the end of the day says, I wish I wouldn't have worked out, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have done my disciplines. If you do the things that are, that you lined out for you and make them a priority, the other things will take care of themselves. I used to say yeah. the laundry will still be there tomorrow Yep. or that phone call will still be there tomorrow. But once you've lost a day's workout, it's gone for forever. Yeah. And so those things are critically important, but you got to have some understanding and then a system, these tracking sheets that I go on and on about. They're the bomb. That's how I started. I made a tracking sheet back in 1979 or something like that. And um, there's a little one on a card. And I had three habits I wanted. I still use a tracking sheet every month. I can't wait to get my tracking sheet out. Now I have about 12 items that I track. Some things are now habits. I don't track them anymore. Yeah. But I, I'm like, what else can I put on here? You know, what can I do? You got to have a system or you'll just lose it. The kids get sick. Yep. You can't get to the gym that day. And then pretty soon you forgot you were even going to do it, right? Yeah. Um, you've got to have a system that keeps you accountable. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, the other thing that I would just mention as you were kind of talking about nearly perfect or perfect in, in goals is, you know, I think confidence is something everyone struggles with and it's at different levels, right? But I think a lot of people take away confidence from their mountaintop moments, right? Uh, Hey, if I accomplish this, then I will feel confident. But the problem with that is sometimes it doesn't happen. And that moment's only 10 seconds long, right? And then after that, you're, you're down on the, on the way down in the mountain. And now you got to go find the next mountain. Whereas if you derive your confidence from saying I'm a person of integrity, right? I did what I said I was going to do today. I kept the promise I made to myself. I made my bed. I went and I worked out. I, you know, did the phone calls. I, I ate healthy, whatever it is. It's amazing how you start believing in yourself more because you're keeping promises to yourself. Absolutely. Breaking promises to yourself is the worst because it becomes a habit. Some people will do it for so long. They can't, they can't, string together any self-discipline at all because they've given up on themselves or broke their promises. It becomes such a habit. And that reverse can be true. It's harder than keeping promise yourself in and if you're, you know, like some of these work on a um maybe a workout, for example. Yeah. 
or maybe they're trying to get, I've got a gal who's doing, who's, um, wants to, is writing. She's mm. got a book she wants to write. So she's set aside this much time every day to write. Yeah. Um, make You make that an appointment with yourself that you keep it like you were keeping it with the president of the United States or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, whatever, you make an appointment with yourself, you just keep it and get that happen. And, and, and just, you do those things and just stop worrying about your confidence. Yeah. Because <laughs> it will yeah. happen. For you. yep. be, you'll feel confident. You'll be proud of yourself. You Absolutely. won't stand up and it won't be like you'll go around like, oh, I'm so proud of myself. It's more like you just go with an easy, real, genuine inner confidence. And you're not thinking about that confidence. You're too busy doing the stuff to think about poor me. Yep. I don't have any confidence, right? You're yep. so busy trying to get your tracking sheet filled out and all the things you've got planned for yourself and your goals. And then you, one day you look in the mirror and say, shoot, I think I like myself pretty well. You know? Yeah. yeah. Or it comes up in a conversation. That's so good. Now to kind of tie that into a piece of the book, you know, we have the eight principles and one of them is character. And you talk about who we are versus who we want to be. And oftentimes people stay stuck in who they are far too long. And it's not necessarily because they want to, but they either don't recognize or they haven't figured out what they do want. So they just keep doing the same thing, or they're not sure that they, they could be the person that goes on to do oh, this. Yeah. Right. Um, so talk a little bit about that and your principles and, and things there. I think there's a two, two, two kind of issues there. There are those people. When I had my fitness business, we got results that walked and they were life, life changes. Mm. We didn't teach starvation. We taught how to eat, eat a lot. Yeah. And, and people and work out hard and people, we, we had, we did uh, comp uh, like fitness challenges, gave yeah. away a lot of prizes and stuff, cost me a fortune. Um, but people could, in 90 days, make a big difference. In, in two 90-day periods, they could look like they could walk on stage and be competitive because they, wow. and it was just an intense 45-minute workout. We work five flat, we were eat five meals a day. We don't eat junk. I mean, it's just really that simple. We yeah. don't cut out meat. We don't cut out carbs. We just eat a healthy diet without any flour, sugar. Yeah. That was easy to do. You're never hungry. And yeah. we got really good results. And people who never got results before, but I would, every once in a while somebody come in and think, and they just, they, they would see them. They could see them out there in the gym through the window as we're in, in the office, or they could see all of the, these, and these are people they would know. They could see them. They could look at them with their own eyes and see all these people, hundreds of them making a difference and they would still not believe they could do that mm. they would say that is for other people yeah. i mean they didn't exactly say that but that was their attitude they would be doubtful like what do you think is different yeah. about your body <laughs> than everybody else's but they really didn't believe it so that is one problem that's a little deeper thing yeah um and that's a struggle for me when i have somebody like that um who doesn't really um believe it's for them yeah um the other thing is though on the on the other hand um, if you, I think, I, I think I lost the other part of your question. Tell me what the thing was you said again. Just, um, so yeah, you mentioned in regards to like, uh, not knowing where you want to go or not oh, yeah. believing you okay. can get there, but yeah. Right. So most of my clients that come in, they've got a big idea of some, they got some, they just need, they know what they want. Kind of, mm -hmm. they just need somebody to really ask them the right questions. And yeah. nobody's interested enough in another person mm. to stop and just say, well, what is it you really want? Yeah. What about this? You keep saying, like, I uh, have this experience this week. One of my clients kept repeating. I've noticed from the time before, our, our initial, initial conversation, 
and I haven't had her very long, but she kept saying the same, making the same comment. So I'm listening. I hear how many times she says it, right? And I say, you say this about this. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, you know, it just, they just need somebody to talk it through with and get a little bit of direction. I'm not, a, I don't, you don't have to be a genius to do this. I mean, I do this. You don't have to be a genius. I do have good insight, I think, but, but you just, if you can figure out out, and sometimes you just need a person. This is the value of coaching. A really good coach is gets people as independent as they can, as soon as they can, but they help people figure out what they want yep. by asking questions and observing the things that they just talk about. Some of these people talk and talk and talk, and sometimes you just let them because then you can hear. And then at some point after a few weeks of that, I'm like, okay, we're not going to talk to you all the talking thing all the time. We got some work to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think just direction. I think and this happens almost every client I have. Well, every client I have. So I wonder how many people are out there who, how much could they accomplish if they could mm. just narrow it down and see what they would just talk it through with somebody. Yeah. Call me on the phone. I'll talk it through with you. Right. <laughs> I'll do it for free. Yeah. <laughs> what no. do you really want? You know? That's good. It sounds like you want this. Is this what you want? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, they know. It's a fun, it's a fun process for me to watch them have the aha moment. Yes. No, that's so good. Well, Sherry, I want to thank you for your time. Are there any other pivotal moments that you'd like to highlight just in your journey that have, you know, led you to where you're at today? Um I think that what we covered was pretty much the essential, the essential yeah. essence of what there, of course, there's always little moments throughout life, but those were the big things. I think that one thing about knowing that um, I don't know how to teach that to somebody else, mm. but I wish that I would wish that everybody would know that we are all creatures who are designed for greatness. Every single person yeah. I, I, I didn't, you know, I did think I was special, like really special, like above yeah. other people when I was little. And then when I got married, I thought, oh, you know what? You're just like everybody else. You're not special. But then wow. I said, no, I went through another period. I said, no, I am special. Just like, doesn't mean that, that just because everybody's special doesn't mean I'm special. I'm not special. Yes. Right? Everybody has so much potential. We're all like Superman who's wandering around trying to find out who their real identity is, right? And once we figure out that we're Superman, we can do great things. And that's what I would hope that people would maybe take away from this. Everybody's got it in them. Yes. That's so good. Well, Sherry, I want to say thanks so much for your time and your story. And uh, yeah, excited to continue to watch you do great things. And uh, hey, you still got a lot lot left to do and a lot left to teach and uh, share with people. So keep doing it. I hope so. Thanks. And thank you for having me. It was so fun. Uh, good. You're really good at asking questions and the kind of questions you ask. I think uh, you must get a lot of listeners because uh, you do make it interesting. It's good. Well, thank you.